0: Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Casper. I'm Simone DeRoche, video producer at Polygon.com. I am joined by Christina Warren, extremely (laughs) professional project manager at a software company, and Brianna Wu, Democratic
1: candidate. Nominee, 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 nominee. nominee.
0: You know what? I didn't... Even actually, it wouldn't to change. be nominee.
1: it wouldn't. I've got to win the nomination, so it's just candidate, candidate, it's just candidate, Democratic
0: yeah. candidate for office. I but didn't try. even bother Austin to digits? change it in my doc where I have these things written down. Uh, <laughs> why I don't know. We've literally been talking about it for a month. Um, it's just really hard to make changes to text documents. I, I agree, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's impossible. impossible. Big week here great week we actually there is a lot, I, I kind of want to just dive right into yeah. our big topic of the day because I think we're all kind of we're chatting about it beforehand in our, our little Facebook group but I think it's pretty exciting so uh at code, code conference is happening this week and it there is a new phone competitor coming out on the market uh the essential phone from andy rubin who is the inventor of android and so this is going to be a modular phone not modular in the sense that you're like choosing battery size etc cetera, etc cetera, but modular in the sense that it will have a magnetic dock where you can attach different accessories um and the first one is going to be a 360 degree camera which is tiny so and we're sexy. definitely going to be talking about that but oh, it will sure. be an open platform so that other companies can make third-party accessories for the phone um they in won't. keeping with his uh philosophy of open platforms christina what did you just say they won't they know it's
2: going to make no one even he, even essential which is the company behind this look i think andy Ruman is genius i want to like start with that I think he's a genius. I think Kiptop/ Top uh, slash The Sidekick was a genius uh, danger, his first company. Obviously, Android is a humongously successful company, and you know Google bought it and made it the cornerstone for their mobile OS. I think Andy Rubin is incredibly intelligent, uh, but I look at Essential, his new company, and I look at this modular smartphone thing, and I'm like, no one but you is ever going to build an add-on for this platform. Really,
1: You're, really? I don't think so. No, I Did don't. I, okay, okay. So I agree. This is the omega four suicide relay mission. Like he's probably gonna <laughs> fail. I'm I'm hundred yeah. percent with you there. But this phone, like, come on, guys. It is. I can, can you get the timestamp for cursing ready, Simone? I'm, I'm, I'm loading you know.
0: it up. You this who is, wanted to be professional.
1: This is sexiest. F- this phone is sexiest. And I love everything about it. I love the magnetic dock. I love, you know, I love the 360 camera. I love that hot shirtless guys are like showing me the features of the
0: 360 Wait, degree camera
1: on the Essential website. I'll just oh, let you go there. discover that for yourself. Um, and then there's a video of Questlove, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm into this design. And my big problem with Android has always been, you know, I've got the 6P. I've got the Nexus. And I don't think the quality is quite as good as the iPhone, right? Like it's it's, right, it's close, not. but it's I I want I want somebody to in make terms
0: of one like physical enough. construction of the phone, or in terms of uh, OS.
1: Can I give you a really good example? Yeah. So I work out a lot. So the last time I was in uh, New York a couple of weeks ago, I was running with my six P. Uh, I'm running through you know like Central Park and stuff. And I'm out there, my hands are sweating, and I'm trying to change the song and the display just skinces out uh, on the 6P when you touch it with sweat in a way that it doesn't with iPhone. And it's just a thousand little details like that that are edge cases, but they're just not quite as good. Mm-hmm.
2: No, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And and I think that, look, this looks like a beautifully designed Android phone. Like, it mm-hmm. honestly does. and And part of the thing that is part of this is that there is a modular system, so that you can uh, magnetically connect a, a three sixty camera, potentially other types of modular accessories too that will be available, you know, for other third parties to want to create. My point is, I look at this and I'm like, no one will ever. I mean, look, I read an article last September when Google killed Project Ara called "Nobody Wants Modular Smartphone," yeah. And I got some some uh, negative feedback from that, but I was. I was right. I yeah. stand by my statement on that. Nobody wanted Project Aura. No one has bought the Motorola uh, modular phones, the LG. LG almost like, LG lost a significant amount of money because of the LG G4 or whatever. Um, so I look at this, and I think spec-wise, it looks fantastic. It's a, a Snapdragon 835, uh, yep. 4 gigs of RAM, 128 gigabyte SSD, um, you know, edge to edge display screen, very powerful camera like this is a definitely a flagship phone. I'm not arguing that at all. What I am saying is that the differentiator and making it modular, oh, well, I can have this magnetic snap on 360 degree camera and maybe this better speaker system and maybe this other things in the future. I don't think anyone's going to buy the phone for this. No, I don't. No, of course not. And 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 I guess my biggest concerns, and I would love love to hear your feedback, Bri, and, and your comments too, Simone. I look at this phone and I think this is a really good idea, in the sense that it is a high-end Android phone aimed at a very specific niche market, um, and and they are very specifically, to be clear, to the audience um, listening at home, they are very much targeting the U.S. So you have certain phone companies, uh, Huawei, uh, really more OnePlus, a little bit Xiaomi, um, who are targeting not just Asia, but also the U.S. for higher-end phones. And and their whole play is that we are higher end, but we are low-cost. Right. Um, this phone is not that. This phone no. is saying we are high-end and we are high-cost. They're, right. they're saying we are high-end and we are high-cost. And look, part of me appreciates the honesty. I appreciate that you're saying from the get-go we are an expensive phone. We are high quality. This is what we cost. I, I'm not even against that. What I am against, and I guess what I'm I'm not quite clear on, and, and I would love uh, Simone and Breeze takes on this, is that I look at this and I go, okay, so I know that the iPhone can sell X many millions of units a year or a quarter because it's the iPhone. And whether it's in the United States or in Europe or in China or wherever, it can sell X-mini units and deliver this sort of quantity. And I look in and I say, well, Samsung can't sell as many as the iPhone, like standalone for like, say, the S8 or whatever. Like for its flagship, it's not going to sell as many as the iPhone, but it will still sell a lot of phones, Um, especially in the U.S. And and the U.S. is very much a, um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Saturated market. So almost everybody in in the U.S. has a smartphone. This is not a market that is growth. This is a market where everybody knows we have a smartphone. Okay, so you're either going to be, to me, if you're high end, meaning spending seven hundred dollars on a phone is high end. You're either buying an iPhone or you're buying a Samsung, and that's it. You don't have any other options. Google has tried; they have frankly failed. Yeah. And so I look at this product from Andy Rubin, and I know I understand his pedigree, and I want to be the first to speak of it. You know, he created Danger, which was, you know, the, the the sidekick. He was the creative Android, which gave us obviously all of Android. One, it is one of Google's most important acquisitions of all time. Like that, and YouTube are probably and and um, uh, Double Click are the three most important. Um, but, but 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 I look at that and I go, okay, so you have this pedigree and that's excellent. But where does this phone essential? How does it differentiate itself between why would I buy this phone over a Pixel? And
1: I don't have an answer. Well, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, to me, uh, you know, I'm just speaking for myself here. Yeah, please uh, do. You know, I was, this is just a side note, Christina, like your review of uh, Beats X, I left my headphones at home on a trip I went on recently and Best Buy had some beat for 90 freaking dollars and wow. you better believe Ooh. I bought a pair of those. Totally. I snatched them up. But while I was out there, uh, like I, would, I got to, I was really amazed because they did have a uh, Huawei phones out there. At Best Buy, and they have it right next to the Samsung uh, Galaxy. What is it up to this year? Is it the eight? And yeah, it the S8. is. I I swear to God, I don't know if you guys have seen that in person. It is just sex, it's beautiful. It is it's just beautiful. sex <laughs> in a phone that's right there, and I'm looking at it. It's the sexiest phone I've ever seen in my life. Like the colors are just bursting off of it and the curve of the glass is gorgeous and it's just unbelievable. And like you're talking about the pixel and the Huawei phones and to me, and I've owned those phones. I I think they're good, but they're not quite as good. Like there's just something about the Samsung quality that's just better. And I look at some of the manufacturing processes they're having here. So this is the really interesting detail of this. Uh, they're using it with uh, this is a titanium frame phone. Now, when they make an iPhone, they get a big block of aluminum and they mill it all out. Like they literally sh- have a robot that shaves everything out around it that's not an iPhone frame. I need and one then of those. all of that is like, yeah, it would be awesome. And then they melt it and start over. They can't do that with titanium because it's just so wasteful a uh, production. So, what they did is they found, they say, they found somebody that uh, has an injection molding routine. That will, um, and typically injection molding leaves uh, metals uh, a lot more porous, uh, meaning less sturdy uh, than you know milling techniques. So they say they've got a way to make titanium super dense by injection molding it. Uh, I hope that's true. I hope that's true. So I think if that's true, we're gonna have a phone that you know feels better, uh, is sturdier. And, you know, just has this really gorgeous, refined look to it. Um, you know, and there are a thousand things that can go wrong, Christina. Like you said, the extension part of it, I expect no one to work with this except for no. like expensive proprietary, you know, gadgets if even then. Sell. If even then, absolutely. Though I think it looks like a great way to charge the phone. No, it um, definitely does. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's but it. I guess my question is, go on, yeah. John.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, the, I, I, don't quite understand i don't know enough i think about the market to say how it will do but it is interesting to me that they are saying very upfront like we we ha- expect to have a very limited supply it's going yeah. to be not just exclusive right. in terms of the pricing but literally in the way that it is produced they cannot produce i think it was more than 50 million um, oh, which again yeah, well, is a thing fi- <laughs> i would love to sell 50 a million number. of anything uh, i thought it
1: was fifty uh, thousand. I, I, I was gonna say i was gonna say i think <laughs> they
2: said 50 million in the wired article there's no way they could ever even conceive of that like, yeah honestly oh, like yeah. a 1 yeah. million be hard let's be very Fuck. clear like yeah. 1 million would be tough
0: so in that sense i it, it feels like there's a longer game afoot here to me where obviously sure. the phone is not the, the end product there. They're also going to be hawking the Ambient OS later. So it, it seems to me that even if adoption is low, the the uniqueness of it and the very, very exclusivity of it, even compared to uh, more high-end phones like the Pixel, I th- I think that that is what sets it apart to me. And I do uh, apart from that, I, I do really like the idea of um, a connector, like this magnetic connector that sure. will work no matter what port changes we have in the future. That to me is a really cool idea.
2: No, I agree. It's a cool idea. I guess my question just becomes, and I'm like looking at right now. I'm looking at like the 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 Verge's um, live stream of the conversation with Andy Rubin that happened at Code, basically as we're recording this, and. And he's claiming, like, uh, being a small company means he can move more quickly so he can get stuff, uh, you know, bigger companies can't do because they're too big, like making crazy materials. And, you know, um, questions are coming. in, like, Josh Sapolsky asks about the funding of the company. And Ruben says it's well-funded and and on hundreds of millions of dollars. And he won't say how many phones he needs to sell, but he thinks he can have a good business very quickly. I don't want to discount that, and and I, I again I I I want to reiterate. I think Andy Rubin is one of the smartest people in mobile. I mean, his pedigree alone with both Danger and Android is is huge with that. But I do look at the market, the U.S. market especially, and I think that it is very different today from even four years ago or three years ago when he left Google. Mm-hmm. And I think that it that it's saturated in, in the United States in a sense uh, much more than it was before, and so. Simply having that connector and simply having those abilities, I don't know if that's enough to stand apart from from what Samsung is doing with the S8 or what Google is doing with the Pixel or what what Apple's doing with both the iPhone 7 Plus and what they will be doing with the next iPhone, you know, four months Mm -hmm. from now. Um, I, I don't know. And so that's my big concern is I look at this and I go, this is really interesting. They're doing some neat things. I like the design. I like maybe the software direction. I like the external ecosystem that Essential is doing, um, but I don't know why this should make me care any more than what Google is trying to do with the Pixel and with mm-hmm. Google Home, and what Samsung is trying to do with their system. I, I just that to me fundamentally, when I look at like from like a ten thousand point uh, you know foot view. I go. I don't get it, and 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 I hope somebody can convince me otherwise. But like, I look at it, and I just go. This is a hard sell. It's not just a hard sell because Apple is so big in the U.S. and Samsung is so big, but because Google, frankly, hasn't made a dent.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and they
2: have, and they have the end in the the, the nuts bolts scenario. You know, like the one thing that you could maybe argue at a certain point that Andy Rubin could have brought was. Oh well he has the software direction. But the, the problem is, of course, his company is not is no longer controlling the software of, of what Google is doing with Android, mm-hmm. right? It, Google yeah, I is think doing that's that.
1: a huge worry, right? It like, is right? because he's gotta have people on staff that can update this uh you know, this phone, there's no point to spending eight hundred dollars on a phone right. if they're not gonna update and patch security holes. Mm-hmm. Because agreed. You know, um, so it's a huge risk. I, I know we've got to move on to other topics because WWDC is going to be big, but can we just like take a minute and talk about the, the, the separate part of this that you touched on, Simone? It was ambient OS and the speaker to go along with this. Yeah, Because to me, this is, this is an interesting play to go I along agree. with this. And, and Christina, this is so ambitious. Again, Omega Four suicide mission. I don't <laughs> expect this to succeed. But, uh, you know, basically they're bringing out essentially Alexa, uh, but with privacy protections on top of that. And he's saying basically we think your home is a place that should be private. And, you know, Ambient OS is going to be this, um, you know, extensible thing that's basically going to be a – it's going to allow his devices to talk to each other in your home. So like your point, Christina, was about the killer features on this. And let's be super clear with our listeners. This is vaporware in dreams. Yeah, nobody
0: has had hands on the
1: OS. Right, absolutely. So, you know, this is vaporware. But I do think, I, I don't know, I can see it being like, You know, like I am looking very seriously at buying a Lotus in a few years. And Lotus is not a successful car here in the United States. But for people that really, really, really love to drive, it's a connoisseur's car. And I can kind of see this being the same way uh, with smartphones, maybe. So. Okay,
2: well I guess my, my counter to that, and, and I want to hear your response, because I, I understand you. Like this could be, you know, the connoisseur for smartphones, like the, the thinking man's android, whatever, whatever you want to say. <laughs> like I mean, maybe that's the pretentious man's someone, android.
1: <laughs> All the rest of them are non thinking people. I mean so so thoughts? someone on yeah.
2: someone on, on Twitter can compare it to the next, you know, NEXT Steve Jobs' company of Android. That's cool. And I don't no, I think that might actually be accurate. Like, I that's think that's, a, that's, that's yeah. an interesting take. But again, I guess my, my I guess my point is like, okay, so you're even if you claim you're the thinking man's Android, even if you claim you're the, <laughs> the the next of Android or whatever, like, how do you compete in a saturated market where I mean, again, this isn't the case where people are looking at buying a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Everyone already owns a smartphone. Okay, so if you're looking at spending more than $500 on one, you have limited choices, and you're probably looking at iPhone or Android, period, end of story. Sure. So what are what is Essential going to do to sell itself beyond saying, well, rather than buying, spending the exact same amount of money and buying an iPhone or spending the exact same amount of money and getting a Pixel or an S8, why are you getting this? And I guess what I don't understand and I want to understand from them is – what can they convince me that they are doing is better, and in in strictly simply saying ambient OS and having this this you know speaker system that might be like you know a, a, an Internet of Things device and whatnot like that's not enough because as you said Bree it's vaporware like mm-hmm. yeah. what can you convince me why is this worth my money and my time because to me as an outsider it certainly looks a lot like you have. You know, companies such as Huawei or ZTE or Xiaomi or, you know, insert your name here. Oh, great example, LeEco, who is now basically bankrupt and like laid <laughs> off almost their entire U.S. Oh. staff, who are, no, but seriously, but who have said, we are going to go after the U.S. market and we're aggressive and we have all these plans and we have all these ambitions. And then when push comes to shove, they can't do it. So I guess what I'm wanting to see from Essential, and maybe it's unfair for me to ask this, but it's, I think... Fair for consumers to ask is like, what what's going on here, and can you actually um, deliver on your promises? And is this too little, too late? Because a big part of this, if I'm being totally honest, I think it's really impressive. I really want to see what happens with everything, um, but I'm also really concerned because I'm like, is. Is there enough runway for the to even make a dent?
0: So I don't have an answer to that question, but I do think that in in looking at the responses to it among the tech community on Twitter, I'm seeing a lot of people very excited about it. And I think that that's kind of what this brings for me to the market is like we all have this thirst for like what is – the thing that is going to set the next great smartphone apart. And maybe it's not this phone, but maybe it is some aspect of the changes that this phone can bring, like magnetic docking, for example, which could make the next Samsung phone or the next iPhone exciting if that is brought in in a further generation down the line. Like, phones are so similar to each other nowadays. Um, Even – I. in in terms of construction and in terms of like, they all have standard things that we expect them to do. And this is trying to do something a little different. And I do think that because they they clearly have kind of some, some capital in order to mess around with this technology, I I am interested to see how, or what the response is to that among people who are really deeply into this technology and then how that reflects on the phones that are that will remain the big phones, i.e., iPhone and Samsung.
1: Yeah, I I agree, and I mean, yeah, you know, Christina asked for like a, a response to your 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 assertion, which I agree sure. with. Uh, let me tell you guys a quick story, and then we can move on like topic. So today, um, my glasses that I've been wearing uh, on TV they don't fit well. Uh, and like my team basically said, go get new glasses. You've got to get new glasses. So I went to like a fashion I store today to get a really nice pair of glasses. Yeah. I'm at the point where, you know, I want, this is something that's on my face all the time. Uh, I want it to be recognizable and like, you know what I'm talking about. This stuff matters. Mm-hmm. So I go in and I sit down and uh, my eye doctor is this gorgeous, like, you know, doctor that's there. And I sit down and she has literally the exact same iPhone I have, iPhone 7 plus rose gold. And she's got the exact same MacBook that's in my purse, like, you know, the 12 inch <laughs> MacBook, same color, everything, right? And for me, like it's just like I use my glasses all the time to see, and that's a distinguishing thing that's on my face, and I want to put a lot of thought into that. You know, we're all techies, and I do think like this is a one percent like problem, but I do think there's a way to think of like your smartphone as a as a fashion accessory. And mm-hmm. you've written stories, Christina, like mm-hmm. blasting. The like high end, utterly stupid, uh, you know, smartphone market. I can see there being like a luxury smartphone market for yeah. like a thousand dollars that people like Quest love buy. Like oh, I can, I, totally I agree. can see that doing well. I just expect it to be like a you know a few million dollar year <laughs> company instead of a billion dollar a yeah. Year company. No, I, so
2: I don't disagree with that. I just wonder if Essential is that company. And Ooh. and that's my big question. Like, I hope that they are. But, like, to me, it seems like it will need significant marketing resources to let people even know, like, Questlap know that they're around for it. Like, there are plenty of companies, you know, I can't think of the name of them. Um, which one? VR2. Yeah. There's other companies, too, that, like, do these luxury stupid-ass smartphones. Like, I think that, uh, go back, Simone and Mark me saying ass. I think that there are, there, there's definitely a valid place to say, okay, well, where does essential send it? Because it's, it's a, you know, base Android device. It's, um, you know, high spec, high quality, um, high cost. And I don't disagree with that. Like, I think someone like Questlove, this could be a great phone for him. I guess my big question is why would Questlove buy this over an iPhone or a Samsung? I don't think simply being unique is going to be enough. I don't think... I don't that, either. I don't and, and either. I also, and yeah. I also don't think Questlove cares that Andy Rubin created the sidekick <laughs> and Android. You know what I mean? Like, I think the certain geeks can understand, like like all of us on the podcast can understand his pedigree. And people on Twitter who are arguing with me for saying, I'm not sure if I get this, you know, uh, potential market, can say, oh, well, Andy Rubin is such a well-known figure. Well, yes, with certain people he is. (laughs) In a sense. But my my mom, your mom, the people who are going to be willing to spend $800 on a smartphone, who are my mother, I might add. Like my mother will spend $800 on her next phone. She hasn't bought a phone in two and a half years. She's waiting for the next iPhone. She will spend whatever it costs to get the the, the 10th anniversary edition. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't
2: know if people who don't follow the industry the way we do – care anything about essential. And so my big question is, I guess like my my overarching question. I'm not trying to be too negative because I do think that he has a great pedigree and I think what he's building looks great. But I guess I'm saying like I don't understand how this convinces the person who wanted to spend $800 on an iPhone or an S8 not to. Like yeah. I I don't get what what are you offering and and what is is your company offering for us to say well, rather than going with the no name, I'm going to go with this other
1: thing. It, and this would be my answer to that. When you pick up a Google Pixel, I'm sorry, guys, it's a great phone. I yeah. own one. It feels cheaper than a Samsung in some very subtle ways. When I you agree. pick up a Nexus 6P, it feels cheaper than a Samsung or an iPhone in some very subtle ways. We pick up a Samsung. Like it feels cheaper than the iPhone in some very subtle ways. So, if they can ship a product that, and we all know that feeling like you pick it up, it's solid, it doesn't creak or flex, it feels light you know, that, that it's such a hard thing to put your finger on. But if they can put something out that just feels that solid and that aspirational, I think there's a market for it. You know, you know but what's a I soft still think to put your yes. body on. What is that Samantha? de Rush for? The Casper Mattress. From oh, Casper! My god. Oh my god!
0: Casper is a company that's focused on sleep. Helping you sleep. They made the perfect premium mattress that will feel good when you put your body on it. But they sell it online for a fraction of the price of what it would cost if you went to a store. Don't go to a store. Go to a website. And when you go to that website, you can look at all the mattresses that they have and you can pick out the size that works for you. And then you can say, order that mattress. You can order that mattress and have it in your home for 100 days. You can sleep on it with your body. Put your body on the mattress where it belongs. And if you then decide to do something else with your body, it's your body, your choice. You can send the mattress back with no extra cost. But this is an award winning mattress. I make everyone who comes into my home put their body on my mattress just so that they can get a feel for it. And invariably, without exception, the response has always been, oh my God, that mattress is amazing. And then I'm like, yeah, Casper. And then I, I I say I say you can go to Casper.com and use offer code Rocket at checkout. I say that to people in my real life. That's a real thing that I say to people who are my guests in my home. I need help. Casper is delivered in a ridiculously small box. A ridiculously small box that is full of a very solid Mattress. That mattress is vacuum packed right in there. Engineers spent thousands of hours developing this mattress for you so that you could have the experience of pulling a very small, rolled up thing out of a box and seeing it expand into the beautiful full size mattress that I am lying on right now as I record this podcast. That's <gasps> amazing. Sometimes I forget that it was so cool. There's a video of me unboxing it, it was wild. Casper has an average of 4.8 stars across more than 30,000 online reviews. That's pretty freaking awesome. It's full of proprietary foam that relieves pressure and increases airflow. It's supposed to keep you cool. That's great for the summer, which is a terrible time that's full of heat and misery. And I was warm on it in the winter, too. I have flannel sheets, yo. It's pretty great. Uh, I seriously do love the (laughs) springiness and comfort of it. It has... The perfect amount of bounce, and I don't like sink into it and feel like I'm drowning in it, which is something I don't like from mattress. I just like sit right on top of it, but then I'm like cozy. It feels good, so I love my mattress. It's freaking great. Um, and you too can love your mattress risk free. Try it for over a hundred nights. Yeah, not over a hundred nights. A hundred nights, freaking <laughs> exactly. You can spend. A third of your life on it? Oh my god, is that how much time you spend sleeping? Oh my god, you could spend a third of your life on this mattress. Uh, and if you, yeah, so you should definitely do this. I love it. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash rocket and using the offer code rocket at checkout. There's free delivery and free returns in the US, Canada, and the UK. It is a risk-free engagement, my friends. <laughs> Check out the mattress. It comes in all the sizes you need. Thank you, Casper, for your support of Rocket
1: and Relay FM. I am in an amazing marriage and I have still never had anyone look at me at the way that Simone looks at her Casper mattress. I seriously mattress. love this green mattress. That's how I feel. Like,
2: Grant and I are very happy. We're not as happy as Simone and her Casper. Not even close.
0: I didn't know that I could, like, grow to like a mattress more, but it has <laughs> somehow... I just like it a lot. Because, like, my it, it old shows, mattress was yeah. more... was firmer. It was more rock-like. And I was like... That, that, I liked that. That was a good mattress. But then I got this mattress and I was like, wait, wait, this is really good. I like this. I yeah. Like if
1: it. there's ever a story out of New York about somebody robbing mattress stores, I'm going to tell them I know who it it's is. It's going to be like, me just tossing yeah, them into the you. East River and then it's replacing gonna be them with
0: boxes of Casper's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> WWDC 2017. Oh do my you, God! There's
1: so much to cover. Do you want to so play much. a game
0: where yes. I I say a thing that is rumored, just a thing that's rumored at WWDC, and then you tell me yes or no, and okay. what it, whether the rumor holds water. So uh, let's do it. First one, I guess, would be a Siri speaker reveal. Yeah, I,
1: false. I think so. False. Absolutely,
0: Is think
2: false
1: i I don't I, yeah Woo-hoo.
2: i I think if it doesn't, that's a huge problem because then you know Amazon has had the the echo for quite some time. Google has had Google Home. Amazon has had other products. Uh, Microsoft now has the Cortana speakers with Harman Kardon and some other people. So you're not expecting a third-party Siri speaker.
1: I expect it eventually. I just think it's a better fit for releasing at the iPhone event than WWDC because okay. this is very clearly going to be aimed at a consumer audience if it exists, whereas okay. WWDC generally has you know a tie to developers. So. All right.
2: And I understand that I understand that before you move on, but like you wouldn't think they might like maybe see that in, that that inference of of stuff happening so that the developers would be interested in porting their Alexa skills or their Google Home skills or whatever to Siri.
1: Yeah, I think we'll know if this product is real from the, uh, you know, from the, you know, scheduled sessions that they bring out. So, you know, if there are suddenly a lot of things on the docket about, you know, working with extensible Siri frameworks, you know, like, I think that's probably a pretty good clue about it. But we'll see. We'll see.
0: Intriguing, intriguing. 10.5 inch iPad Pro.
1: True. Yeah, I can say that. I can, They've got to have some pro hardware announcement at this thing.
0: I'm
2: expecting the MacBook Pro to get the Skylake upgrade. I don't know about the iPad Pro. I I would like to see the iPad Pro get a, a bump. Um If it does happen, I think, again, it will only be the 10 point uh, or, or 12.9 inch. I don't think the 9.7 is going to get an update because I think if 9.7 was... We would have seen it a month and a half ago when they updated the new iPad and uh, the Red iPhone. So I don't know. I'm conflicted on that. I feel very confident in my and uh, Mark Gurman's reporting that the Skylake MacBook Pro with touchpad, mm, yeah, will we be gotta coming. T- like
1: we got to talk about that. Like but, yeah.
2: okay, I totally feel like that's happening. I'm less convinced that we will see a iPad Pro
0: mm. update. You're making it very hard for me to write down these these answers so that I can double check them sorry, when we get I'm these right, sorry, announcements. Right, right.
2: Oh, that's I'm a good. I'm just saying. I don't soon. know. Yeah. That is a call. I'm glad you're doing that. I'm just. I don't know. <laughs> right now, it's just maybe, maybe, maybe.
1: <laughs> I I think I I'm gonna say I believe that they will do this for the iPad Pro, um, because okay. I I I don't see them bringing out the iPhone event this year. I think like they're gonna be bringing big products to it, and the way that they're positioning the iPad, uh, how can I say this? I've heard some rumors that they're really making some pushes on the iPad this year, and I think like if they're trying to say, look, this is pro, pro, pro. I mean, what do we want to see? We want to see. I mean, you know, we want to see more developments that make it easier for us to develop software on the iPad Pro. So I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say I believe that. All right, all right, Retina
0: MacBook update.
1: Hell yeah. Yes.
0: yeah. I mean, honestly, I think they should have had
2: Skylake when they launched in October. I think that was a mistake. I will go on record saying that that was a mistake, not to have Skylake when they launched in October. Um, I fully expect them to have Skylake now. I don't think it'll have any additional ports or anything, other changes, but I think it'll be the Skylake basis rather than uh, KB or
0: It'll be the KB Lake basis. Sorry, excuse me. You've so every KB everything Lake. that we said about Skylake just now said- replaced with KB Lake. So basically, getting I guess the the overarching rumor here would be getting all of their MacBook products on KB Lake. Yes, oh that,
2: that's exactly it. And if that happens, that's huge because there is a non. Um, minor like speed bump for battery life if you can move to from from Sky Lake to KB Lake. So yep. That's my, my, that's my mm-hmm. You have
1: said KB Lake so much on the show, Christina, that I, I have. want our listeners, if this does happen, I want them to jump cut the like Oprah like bees Yeah. Jump. <laughs> you get a but KB Lake, you get a KB you get a KB Lake. Lake. And then uh, no, I want to just be Christina freaking out she's getting KB, like KB, KB, KB Lake. How many really? kids do you
0: think will be named yeah. KB Lake? So many <laughs> At least five. I'm gonna a dog
1: so. and name her KB Lake. It's gonna be great.
0: Another dog. A uh, new MacBook Air. <laughs> no.
1: Yes. It's dead. Well, not an air. No, no, okay. not an air. New okay. MacBook. Okay. Yes, the air is new dead. MacBook air The is dead. air is yep.
2: gone. Yep. All right. But if
1: you're talking about the 12 inch.
2: Yeah, I think the 12 inch will get a KB Lake again. It'll be you know the the the, the I3 equivalent or, or an I5. I think that'll be fine. But but I think the the. MacBook Air is DOA. Like we will never see the MacBook Air is great, but it will never see an update again.
1: I was looking at buying a new MacBook uh, because I got my tax refund and I travel so much. I love. I it's the most terrible machine. You know, I have a hate love relationship with it, but God knows I've used my 12 inch MacBook within an inch it's of its machine. life. Totally, um, uh, but it's slow. It's terribly slow. So I went to the Apple store and I ran Geekbench on, you know, the it's about a year old, the model they have, like the Gen 2. And honestly, uh, the Geekbench score is actually less somehow on, Mm. uh, you know, the Gen 2 MacBook. So I am really looking forward to them putting this out. I will probably Craigslist my MacBook that day and buy an (laughs)
0: updated one. (laughs) I'm with you. Yep. New Mac Pro. Uh, no. no, I think that'll be fall. No.
1: Not even close.
0: No, we had the 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 rumor, or the not the rumor thing, but the uh, the promise, the empty promise from the, Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saying just hold on, uh, new
2: iMac. Yeah, the big promise, uh, new iMac. No, I think again fall.
1: Nope, very fall. false. I think if they do that, I can see them tying that to the uh, iPhone event. Uh, Same. You know, like, we'll bring it out. But Mm -hmm. that's, again, this is the difference. Is it a mass consumer product that's, like, subtle enough to not overshadow an iPhone announcement? Yes. Then it's coming at the iPhone (laughs) event. Is this something for geeks? Exactly. And the Apple faithful? Well, then it could come at WWDC.
0: All right. No, I mean, uh, you're
2: you're right. But but it's so funny because I want the new iMac right now. Like, I would buy it tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I, I, like come on, I have the money. I'm about to get, oh, like, so a really big payday. To... Come on, Amy. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> Come on, let, 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 let me that moving money. Got to spend Go. it on something. It, that's what I'm saying, Simone. I do. I need that Microsoft moving money. And I'm going to buy a new Mac, uh, uh, iMac. But I'm going to have to wait until fall. Oh. Uh, new Apple TV. No.
1: no. But one of the rumors surrounding that is, you know, a new Apple TV OS. And yeah, and Amazon being on it, I believe that. I agree Um, that too. Apple Apple has a, uh, again, I'm going to curse, so I'm sorry. Apple has a ton of work to do on Apple TV OS. Um, You know, as a marketplace, I don't see how you can look at it and say anything other than it has failed. Um, if you go there to the apps these days, um, it's literally nothing but third party iPhone week translations, uh, and a couple of Sonic games. So, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I,
2: I wouldn't your take on the spree, but I think my perspective, I love the Apple TV. Um, I think it's great. I think it's, uh, the core apps, especially the video apps work really well. I agree. But, but, but I agree with you that, that it's been a failure. And I think a big part of it has been that. Apps haven't been updated. I think certain video apps have been fine. But a lot of the developer apps um, have basically, as you've said, have been like, you know, third-party extensions of existing iOS apps. I think a big problem with that has been because until last year, the last year has been easier, but it's remarkably difficult to discover apps on Apple TV. You know, yeah. if you're not browsing on the Apple TV platform itself, you usually can't see it, you know, on my phone or on my computer. Mm-hmm. I can't really – you know, uh designate a, a download to Apple T V button. Um and that makes discovery really difficult. So even yeah. if people are making improvements and they are, to the underlying app infrastructure, it makes it really difficult to figure out where they are. Yeah, and I and that's a problem. You. And 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 so and that's a problem because like I think that the Apple T V platform itself is pretty good. Um there are some issues of course, you know, the single sign on stuff that they promised us two years ago has not really come to fruition. Nope. And um, and, and more and more cable companies are not agreeing to do it, uh, I do think that getting Amazon on board could be huge. I think if you can get Amazon integrated into the TV app, that's a very good thing. I think if, if Amazon comes and it's not part of TV the same way Netflix is not part of TV, That makes TV well. That makes TV even more useless. I I don't know about you. uh, I really, I I
1: love TV. I really Uh, love it. Yeah, I
2: like it in theory. My again, my problem is the the shows I watch are not on TV, so it becomes an issue. So I find
1: it's really made me uh, actually use HBO and Hulu uh, and Showtime more than I used to. I I I quite like it. Yeah, for those
2: those services that I subscribe to that are part of it, I agree. But the parts that aren't then I lose out on those shows. So yep. I guess it. for me, I look at like – I talked to Amazon, gosh, honestly, it was probably five years ago at this point. But I talked to Amazon executives, um, and many of them aren't with them anymore or on different divisions. But I talked to Amazon people, executives at the time, about Apple TV a number of years ago, and they had said, you know – we really want to be on Apple TV. The problem is that there is, you know, Apple wants us to pay 30% of any, you know, content that's purchased through us. We don't want to pay that rate. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some other kind of concerns. And, and so I kind of understood it to be kind of a content philosophy. Then I think what happened is that, that Amazon started to build its own Fire TV platform and making money that way and said, well, we don't want to sell the Apple TV through our service anymore and we don't have to. And we don't even care about the thirty percent fee. We don't want to offer our Prime Now video subscription if we're going to be getting the runaround from this company. And so, you know, they've kind of had these. Um, it's been like this weird war between the two companies, um, and, and the the loser has been the consumer. Mm-hmm. And so, I very much want to be able to watch Amazon Video Prime Video. I don't I don't care about buying you know one off purchases. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, I just want to watch my subscription content through. Apple So TVOS eleven that.
0: could potentially be that,
2: yes changer, and I would love that. And, and and it's funny because when I talked to Amazon, like I said years ago, and I know that the executives have changed and, and the structure has changed, they seem very engaged with that. Um, but I, but it, you know, but, but as Bree was kind of saying, as we were alluding to, you know, this, this marketplace is now a lot more complex, and yeah. um, there are other considerations involved. So. I'm very much all about like if, if if Prime comes to Apple TV, hell yeah. I'm so excited <laughs> that I'm there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to be like, oh, well, now Apple TV is saved because Apple TV, as much as I love it and it's my personal favorite platform, still has some fundamental – Th- that's a whole
0: nother topic that we can talk okay, about yeah, after yeah, they make yeah. announcements. We'll, we'll move into uh, that. But, but, yeah. but,
2: but, but, but for me personally, but, but I was just going to say, like, that doesn't mean that there aren't fundamental problems with it. Mm. And uh, as Brie was pointing out, you know, with, with some of the other issues that it has.
1: I think the controller sucks. Okay, what's the next Mac one, 10.13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, iOS 11. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> false. No. Not coming out. Yeah, we just will go from iOS 10 to yeah, deleting course, come it. On. They're deleting iOS, <laughs> all of no. it. Um, okay, okay, I'll put it. In. Watch OS 4. Ah, yep. Yeah, of course.
1: Cool. Yep. Possibly, I could see them. I could see them introducing Watch OS 4 in a way that hints to a major uh, Apple Watch revision. It's time, guys. Yeah. It's it is. it's time. They need a for real one. So it would be WatchOS 4 here leading sexier. to new yep.
0: Apple Watch September?
1: Yep. I can see oh, that. Oh, yeah, of nice. course. Nice, Yeah, I nice. agree with
0: that. Uh, this is going to be a September thing. iOS 7S or iOS 8 – or, sorry, iPhone 7S or iPhone 8? Yeah. Yeah, I think it will be the iPhone anniversary edition.
2: They'll call it something like that. But, yeah, I think mm-hmm. they'll – they're definitely – They'll
1: the call rumor, it the 8. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're going to be I, – I from what I understand, from what all the rumors have pretended – Probably three iPhones. So you'll have the the, the 4.7 inch, the 5.5 5 inch, and then whatever this other size is for this special, you know, mm. beautiful phone, the anniversary edition, whatever they're going to call it. It's just a yeah. tablet.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> iPad rumors. So iPad Air, iPad Pro 2, or new iPad
1: mini. <sighs> I don't think it's a focus for them. I don't no. either.
0: I think the iPad
2: mini is dead. Um, somebody asked me about that on Twitter earlier. I think the iPad mini is dead. I think the iPhone 7 Plus, actually, if you want to be truly honest, the iPhone 6 Plus and then the 6S Plus and then the 7 Plus, I think those all killed the mini.
1: Mm-hmm, yep. um, would it's I like
2: different. to see the mini continue? Sure, I think it's dead. Now, Bree, you had said when we talked in the earlier segment that you think that you might see an iPad Pro revival. I do. I, I think okay, we're going to,
1: yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll okay. stand by that. So, yeah. so
2: Brie will stand by that. I'm still not convinced. Like, I feel like maybe we'll see a thirteen, uh, a 12.9 iPad in um, September, but I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't be totally surprised, except I, mean, that I feel like- I mean, don't you think like there's
1: going to be some point where they bring Xcode over to the iPad? I mean, I I mean, really, I would love, yeah. I mean,
2: I would love them to do that. I think they compute power wise could do it now. I don't think they needed hardware, so I don't know. Like maybe they yeah. could announce Xcode for iOS right now, and then in the fall they would introduce a new twelve point nine and a new nine point seven inch iPad. That that's I, my yeah, point. Like yeah, I don't, I, so. I, I don't know. Like it feels like only thing I'm saying is the iPad Pro twelve point nine inch came out um, in the fall of, of twenty fifteen, and it would feel weird to me for them to do it in. Um, a June timeframe. Now that doesn't mean that they wouldn't do it. Of course they, yeah. they, they could do it in 10. If they wanted, I would just think that maybe they would do it like, you know, on the two year cycle. I don't know. All right. All right. All right. Anything I
1: have, left, Simone? Anything that left? is my whole list. Okay. Do you Can have I anything have to one add? One more side prediction yes. that yes, I believe do. will happen. And this could just be wishful thinking. I would like to see Apple, um, introduce, and this won't be at the keynote. This will be at the state of the union. I want to see, a greater emphasis on uh, 3D frameworks. Uh, yeah, I've talked about this many times on our, on this show. You have. Uh, when it comes to Apple native tools, their 3D tools are a complete joke compared to any major engine, uh, even Unity. So, uh, you know, I, I think we don't talk about this enough. If the rumors are true that Apple is working on AR device they're going to have to get really, really serious about their 3D tools because they're just not there. Uh, So I want to see more emphasis on that just because it sucks. Uh, (laughs) And I also want to see a really big increase in encryption. You know, Apple does a lot of that work already at a system level, but I would like to see them, you know, talk more openly about, you know, the future of really making your iPhone uh, secure under the hood and, you know, best practices for app developers. Those are two things I really want to see.
0: All right. I have the official list now of our predictions. We will next week be able to... uh, double check this all right see yeah, how christina,
1: christina christina if i win whoever has more of them correct will buy dinner for They're the other only, person next yeah, time we this. see each Two other that you yep. really
0: disagree on uh, and that was or not really disagree but are torn on a series speaker <laughs> where christina i believe said yes and brianna said i did say September.
1: yes i we only talked about time difference but okay yeah yeah, yeah well it
0: it's it's about the announcements. It's about well, not okay. about whether it will ever yeah. happen. Uh, and then the yeah. ten point or the the new iPad Pro, Bree said yes, Christina said September. I said So yeah, again. So right. we
1: disagree on time We disagree on yeah. time, time frame, frame oh. difference. And, and, and somebody Brie needs just to just take to a clear. stand
0: here and say that they're going to bring like the the Mac Mini or something. Oh, no. Mac no. Mini is dead. dead. Um that's never coming back. Um,
2: Bree, do you do you think that we're going to see Xcode for iOS? Uh Cuz I want to say no. yes. Ah, oh,
1: God, that's a good... Do I want to bet that? Do you
2: want to bet that? Because like, I i will bet whatever right If they're going to bring right the down.
1: iPad out, if they're going to bring out the iPad Pro, yeah, I think like we could see that this year. I think it's... I will... Okay, I kind of feel they could do it, but just so we have something to differ on, I will go with no. Okay? okay so we'll have so, so, different ooh. opinions. Okay,
2: now. so Bree's going to say no, Xcode for iOS. Christina's
0: going to say yes, Xcode for iOS. Oh, this okay. is so cool. exciting. okay. Okay.
2: Well, we'll, okay. we'll get. A,
0: I'll, I'll send a prize to whoever wins this uh, okay. three. Well,
2: one of us as to be said. One of us will, will 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 like Venmo the other money for dinner. Right. So, but we'll fun, do sure that.
1: We'll works. do that. We'll do that. I could be at Seattle for fundraising soon not. <gasps> well, so. then we're gonna yeah. hang out. Perfect. I'm gonna take your dinner. Absolutely. Regardless, yeah, it's period. gonna be amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who among you has watched the new Twin Peaks?
1: <gasps> it's yes! so good. It's so
0: good. Oh, it's weird as heck.
1: Well, How can yes, you watch it, Twin Simone? Peaks? I thought you didn't like horror stuff.
0: It's not horror. It's David oh, it's Lynch. <laughs> yeah. it's David Lynch's okay. Nightmare Dreamscape.
1: Okay, let's give people a background on this background. before we like leap right into it. Yeah.
0: Best television show of all time. Okay. Do you so,
2: think so Twin Peaks
0: ah. uh, has yes, returned I do. to Showtime. It is now completely under control of David Lynch, who was the original, and um, Mark Frost. Who are the original showrunners who started the show in 1990? Thank Uh, thank you for naming Mark Frost. Very involved in the uh, the two seasons of Twin Peaks. I think he only directed. He did the pilot. Three episodes. Yeah, he did the pilot. He did the season two finale. but it, it, it's kind of it's always been very deeply and associated with him, walk with me. and he well, loves Kyle yes, McLaughlin. It, he did Fire Walk with Me, which is the film uh, of it.
2: Well, and in, in, in um what's her face, as uh, Sheryl Finn, like he's worked with a lot of the actors actors time and time again, and and he directed the film Fire Walk with Me, which was uh, kind of the underrated to it was the underrated. TV series that never say. got yet. well, yeah, it was it was, but it was also one of those things. It was like a an actual theatrical film that you know, finish the television series, which we haven't seen many times that that's happened. I mean, it like, Firefly It really didn't finish it, though. It started it didn't. It. I mean, it started it. Was, it was a pre- What I mean is it was kind of a book in a certain sense. That it, mm, it, yeah. Yes, it, it was a start. And it was – It's. A, it completed uh, Laura it, story. It, yes, narratively it doesn't finish the story, but 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 it but it kind of closes the ends and giving you the beginning exactly as you said. The and Palmer the new story. series
0: on Showtime kind of raises the question whether anything will ever be finished. So uh, he has brought it to Showtime with f- the full creative control that I feel has been bubbling inside him for twenty six years because yep. it is completely just like distilled Lynchian nightmare. Uh, there are four episodes out right now. It airs on Sundays. And uh, the four the, the four episodes were released in chunks. So um, it hasn't been airing for four weeks. It literally just started. And uh, it's bizarre. And are we going to spoil things? No, let's not no. spoil. Okay, no, we're not no. spoiling we things. We can't do it. Um,
1: yeah, I'd never seen Twin Peaks before this week. <gasps> and it, I mean... It's so weird to watch it. It's like when you watch the first season of 24, you see the start of all bingeable shows that would Mm -hmm. happen down the line. Like you saw how that would happen. And like with this, it has so many threads Mm -hmm. that really define modern TV. Like putting together mysteries that don't get answered through a whole season, like that's lost, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is really the start of it all. And I, I have to say, I thought it was a little, like the cinematography is a little dated and some of the ridiculous sexualization of, you know, teenage girls is very uncomfortable to watch, but it's it's well done. Um, that said, I thought the new version was just shockingly good. It's Stanley Kubrick. It's straight yeah. up Stanley Kubrick. And oh, agreed. It's, it's amazing.
0: Every single shot in the new series is so just precise and yeah. intentional and micromanaged. It is ridiculously gorgeous. Um It is. It's so weird.
2: I I interviewed David Lynch um, (gasps) about eight years ago, and it was funny because he only let me talk about transcendental meditation. (gasps) And I tried to ask um, a couple questions about Twin Peaks, and he wasn't interested. Um, And I think I might have been like, I love Twin Peaks. And he was like, great. Um, And it's (laughs) what's so funny to me about that, though, is that for a very long period of time, he, as a director, and as an auteur, and he is, let's be very clear, one of the auteurs of our time, he is one of the greatest creators of our time. Um, was didn't love Twin Peaks and didn't love the fact that that was still so dedicated to his legacy. He was like, I've created other other you know uh, franchises, other genres. I've done other 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 films, other TV shows. Um, I would like to be known for that. You know, he got really into to transcendental meditation and and uh, really wanted to talk about TM, and that's what I interviewed him about. And um and it was a really weird thing where you know I I interviewed him and and I I wasn't really allowed to talk about the thing that to me was what was most you know not like what anybody wanted to talk to talk to him about which was Twin Peaks and and so to see in less than a decade him become more open mm-hmm. to embracing the the, yeah. the Twin Peaks fandom and um to understanding the fact that. Um, you know, this there's a, an entire generation of people, and I include myself in this because I'm 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 not as young as you, Simone, but but I was not really of age to really appreciate Twin Peaks when it was originally on the air. But there are, uh, there's a generation of us who kind of came of age on Twin Peaks when it was airing on Bravo and then on other networks, and then maybe you know finding it on Netflix or DVDs or whatever. Who kind of discovered a certain genre of television because of the show? It's really interesting to see the series continue now that we're firmly in adulthood mm-hmm. yeah. um, and 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 i think that um you know without twin peaks uh, shows like lost never would have existed period yeah i agree uh, i think i i think even shows like 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 24 wouldn't have existed yeah. uh x files it you know, started like water
0: cooler tv show conversation
2: not not even it didn't start water cooler that already existed i think it it, it started weirder like you can go into other genres like again like the x-files never would have existed without twin peaks Mm -hmm. um uh obviously um you know i i lost never would have existed without twin peaks but but again i I even think like 24 and then kind of that sort of serial kind of narrative there are kind of storylines you it would have been harder to sell had twin peaks not been as successful as it was its first season it obviously wasn't as successful at second season because so people it- are tasteless slobs well, not <laughs> so <laughs> just that. It's not just that. I mean, look, narratively the show suffered, and and ABC really tried. I mean, I think a lot of it is, is you can kind of take the same approach to looking at Arrested Development um, when it aired on Fox.
0: They you know, also people... moved it to Saturday. Okay, we're well, we're not talking about we're not we're, talking we're, about season two of okay. Twin Peaks. We're okay. talking yeah, about I mean, season I mean, three. I mean. No, um, I'm just saying, so... that, like
2: the season two of, of Twin Peaks. You know, like there were problems with it. Um, right. But right, I think right. that the fact that that it's it's endured and that now it's living on in this other era in um, the David Lynch is not just agreeing to talk about it but has embraced it and is creating this additional content with Mark Frost, like, is incredible. Like, I never thought the day would come.
0: Well, and what he's doing with it isn't just continuing – Twin Peaks, like he's he's making Twin. It feels like he's making Twin Peaks from like his own nightmare id. I agree that he is finally (laughs) like letting loose with whatever devil money that Showtime gave him. So that that's interesting for me tonally because it does at this point feel very different from OG Twin Peaks, and there are definitely narrative reasons for it to feel so different from OG Twin Peaks. But I do definitely at this point hope that it will kind of bring back some of those the those quieter touches of the original series that made it feel very very small town and very quirky as well in a more gentle way as well as being bizarre in a scary way. Like I, what for me made the OG Twin Peaks so special was that marriage of those two things and how they came together in this small town, which is very quintessential Washington state weird. Um, and currently the new season is just like balls to the wall nitrate weird, (laughs) which I love. Um, I'm definitely Mm -hmm. enjoying it, but I, I do. I find it a tonal shift.
1: Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And that's, but this is where, so I've really got some questions for you. Cause this is, this is very interesting to me generationally because like, how can I put this? Like, when well, I was coming of age, like the the thing that it took me a while to appreciate was Stanley Kubrick, right? And those films were generally older uh, by the time I was a teen, even though Eyes Wide Shut came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But it was such a different way of thinking about film with like super slow beats and real mm-hmm. character development. And it's just something we don't get anymore today. And what one of the reasons I love Mr. Robot so passionately to the point where I rewatch every episode like five, six, seven times is because you know, yeah, it's a techno libertarian fantasy, but it's also very ku you know, it's very Stanley Kubrick. For somebody like you, like this is a lot of tricks that I mean, unless I'm missing it, haven't really. It's not a genre that's really existed as much during your life, like single point perspective, long shots, like empty weird cinematography with super saturated color. I mean, how do you interpret this? Is it like just a breath of fresh air or yeah.
0: That was another observation uh, that I had just watching these four new episodes. Um, And keep in mind, I am the person who just finished my third rewatch of the original two uh, series so of the show. So for me, this uh, the pacing of the new episodes. That is what feels consistent to me about the mm-hmm. season three yeah. versus season yeah. two and season one. Is he's not rushing anything, even though he is introducing like buckets of new stuff. He's doing it in a very slow, deliberate way, which is pacing that mm-hmm. I don't think we see in modern shows. It's very much. Um, a throwback, yes, a throwback. Yeah. Exactly, I, I, I really I, I like it. I
2: agree with you. I agree with you on that because it's. In, it, I one thousand percent agree. It's so interesting when Twin Peaks first came on the air. It was actually notable that it was fast paced, and in that era, it was fast paced. Good lord, no, I know. <laughs> well, but, but but in today's era, it's obviously slower, right? And and I think the fact that he's kept the pacing deliberately what it was. Mm-hmm. is a huge boon for fans of the show and anybody who's kind of even people who wanna come in, you might be like, Why is this taking so long? It's like, go back, watch the originals, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll really enjoy it. But 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 I agree with you. I think that is so important to keep that pacing it right because the tone you can kind of keep consistent if you try enough. But the pacing is what makes the show and kind yeah. of that 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 yeah. long drawn out you know, thing of, of like, that's what that's what differentiates the show. And I think that that's what it, it was so lynching about it is the pacing. And I would so also, I
1: would argue it's as much the cinematography as the pacing, yeah, like the I best description I ever heard of, Steve, of David Lynch was from David Lynch. And, you know, he said, I didn't really ever want to be a um, filmmaker. I always wanted to be a painter. And I think once you hear that, so many of the shots he sets up <laughs> make sense because they're so empty and so full at the same time. Yeah. So I, I just, I I have to say, like, guys, I saw Alien Covenant, like, twice already because it is really returned to, you know, the 70s alien pacing. Mm-hmm. And this is so much in that same genre. And don't get me wrong, like, I love 24. I love Born, I love, like... You know, fast kinetic shows, but it just feels so. It's just the opposite of everything there is today. Like when tweets are coming in and you're cramming in stimulus as fast as you can get it, and then this is like literally hold on a character just being silent for a beat in a tacky red cabin with bad carpet and just feel all the weight of that moment. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, I agree.
0: One hundred percent agree sorry yeah <laughs> any final thoughts on don't apologize that okay. was that i was love it the good yeah. the good content from brianna Wu. that was oh. the true good content that
1: i agree with <laughs> i yeah, think this I is the mean, first time we've ever all seen something and talked I know, about it's weird name. i agree <laughs> it's yeah. so good
2: no i just think everybody should watch it like I, I this is where i geek out for a minute like my favorite television show probably like w- of all time is melrose place but after Morrow's place, like when I'm intellectual about it, is Twin Peaks, and I have many epi- uh, issues of the fanzine, which is now out of print, called Wrapped in Plastic, which is a reference to the first episode. Um, uh, I I have I'm I'm like a fan fan fan, and so I was very worried that this would not mm-hmm. be good, and I'm I'm still working out how I feel about the whole thing, but I'm not upset about it. <laughs> and, like, that to me. No, but that, that, that's that, the but that's thing. Huge. Like, it's
0: not garbage right off the bat, which, exactly. for, I mean, for people who have followed Twin Peaks and gone through Firewalk with me, which I know there are a lot of torn opinions on, I personally yeah, I really like, enjoyed I, it. But, like, uh, for people I mean, who have I, I think da- been I, I disappointed I think before by Twin Peaks stuff, it is nice to go in and say, okay, maybe this isn't exactly like the old series, but it's not bad love
2: it. No, I agree. I'm just saying like my my only issue mainly with Firewalk with me is that like the actress that replaced uh, Donna Hayward was not good. Oh, I and, love her. I I think that Laura Flynn Boyle was better and I'm just mostly the pan like Fat Donna was not good. <laughs> I I I, I, I more, more whoever uh replaced Laura uh, Laura Flynn Boyle is not fat. Make no mistake, like uh, she, the actress is not fat at all. Uh, she's just fat in comparison to Lara Flamboyle. <laughs> right, well, <you laughs> so know, I, no I one can her. be that skinny. No, so, so I call so, her Fat Donna. She's not oh fat at all. She's just she's Fat she's Donna. She's gorgeous. That's, oh she goodness, is, but, 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 but I call her Fat Donna. Um, they look the same um, to
0: me, and I don't think it I, matters, but <laughs> I, I thought she was great because she actually looks like a teenager. Anyway, we're not yeah. also talking yeah. about Firewalk yeah. with me. Um, right. Kelly. I just Sorry. Say Moore, one
2: more thing Kelly was fat. She's not fat. She's just fat compared to Laura Boyle. Sorry.
1: Guys, one more thing before we sign off here. Uh, like we're talking about Apple TV and the options mm-hmm. there. I think like I really think Showtime has become something that is worth uh, your subscription to it through Apple TV, like Homeland this last season, mm-hmm. like if you followed me at all through Gamergate, this last season of Homeland is all about the alt-right. And it's amazing. Billions is freaking amazing. is probably the best show on TV. Uh, Twin Peaks is amazing. They've got a ton of great movies and TV content on there. I've never seen Dexter. And I've been like binging Dexter all the way through. So I think like. Dexter was so good. And it's really it's great uh so i'm I'm completely sold on showtime lately. I just think it's amazing
2: also 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 mansion amic who is Shelley on Twin Peaks uh was on Woodfordale. and oh, I love uh, her. that's a great show. She's fantastic and she still looks amazing and yep. and 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 is still like totally like blinkable and' is amazing <laughs> uh she is though um and and I just want to say that like I love her um like she's great
0: and she's great in Riverdale and she's great in Twin Peaks and she's amazing. great amazing. Brianna, what are you up to this week?
1: Uh, WWDC and fundraising and uh, going to the Democratic National Convention and uh, talking to Democrats to make the state convention platform. Very exciting stuff. (laughs) Christina, what about you?
2: Um, Continuing to get uh, more, like, I guess, get used to
0: Seattle. Yeah, just to uh, eat Chick fil A, adjust to your job. Yeah, adjusted my job,
2: adjusted Chick-fil-A, hopefully getting in an apartment in Capitol Hill, uh, fingers crossed, and uh, we will see you from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am continuing to make my videos and prepare for E3 2016, which is going to eat up my life, uh, not next week, but the week after that. Um, I'm very excited to be going back. I haven't been for uh two years now. Um, so this will be my my big return. I'll be wearing my ridiculous smoking jacket. And um
1: Do you I wanted to ask you about that. Oh, What's yeah? the story of this? Because okay, this is a true story. But like if you follow Simone on Twitter, you're gonna see the smoking jacket she yeah. wears for her <laughs> polygon videos. It's and, so good. And, and Simone, this is my only mental picture I have of you. I'm sure there's some instance where I've hung out with you we have been dressed normally, but this is no. all I see you as. Like, I was actually red born red in the smoking and- jacket. Yeah. It's okay. always been there. Yeah. I mean...
0: People never really noticed it until I started working for Polygon, but I've definitely always worn it throughout all 26 years of my life. So, oh, my um, goodness. Congratulations on finally noticing my smoking jacket that I have worn uh-huh. literally okay. since my birth. It's,
1: it's kind it of actually i it, like, it, It's saying. cool
0: because it, when well, I was born, obviously, I was baby-sized, and so was the smoking jacket. But the great thing <laughs> about it is that like the jeans in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, it uh, grew to fit me no matter what size I was. So... All That's right. a really cool thing about the magical jacket that I've had since I was a, an infant.
1: Yeah. It's very normal, Simum.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I find it okay. is probably the most normal yeah. thing about me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brianna, where can we find you online? Uh, Space Cat Gal on Twitter. That place. Christina? You can find me at film underscore
2: girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, and the Snapchats
0: alrighty and you can find me on the Twitters at doom quasar and my videos at youtube.com polygon thank you so much for listening to episode 125 of rocket it's a minor important number uh it has another deeper important number inside it and that number is five and that's the number of stars that you should leave on this episode on iTunes five 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 five, five. <laughs> this episode is five five terminated. <laughs> Five terminated. Five terminated. It's terminated five, five. Terminated. Terminated five. Termin- Sorry, guys. Five in.